You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. All right, we're live on The Benchcast, Bench Talk Live. It is Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time. You know what time it is, guys. This is Bench Talk Live. Uh, where I answer your questions, anything benching. We're going to talk about anything, any topics you guys want to mention. We will discuss here live. So just waiting for people to file in. This goes live on our YouTube. So make sure Tuesdays, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, you tune into our YouTube channel, Big Benches, and you can answer your, or you can give your questions live on the podcast sip a coffee to the working man have my starbucks cup with me today damn good actually starbucks is probably my least favorite coffee Uh, i'm a panera bread guy but very accessible is starbucks and that caffeine hits mind freak how are you brother how are you doing my friend thank you for joining into the the bench cast I appreciate you being here. Eshan Saw. Hey, love your channel, man. I appreciate that very much, my friend. Thanks for tuning in to the live podcast. We're taking bench questions, talking bench, whatever you guys want to uh, talk about today. This is our live podcast episode. Uh, we had a question come through on Instagram the other day. We can always answer, uh, or on Mondays, we, we take the questions we get on our story. I post a little question tab, so I also take questions from there if you guys aren't able to join in. Matt, with training the back, do you like single arm exercises or both arms, like dumbbell rows versus uh, barbell rows, for example? So I definitely utilize both um, the barbell rows and some of those heavier variations where you have to but you would be using both arms to get the most weight out of it uh, barbell rows all that rack rows block rows however you want to spin the variation um, usually what we'll start off with we'll do that pretty heavy and then uh, we'll go into some more of the single arm isolation back exercises uh, dumbbell rows things like that if I'm on a, a piece of equipment, a hammer strength row or something like that, I'll try to get some single arm work in. Um, I will use, you know, some of those handles move independently of each other, so I will try to get uh, both the uh, single arm stuff in, plus both arms handle a little bit more weight. So we utilize both, definitely. I think both can be, uh, uh, should be a staple in back training. My freak, do you stretch arm during off days to keep your arm flexible? Uh, I don't do too much on off days in terms of stretching the arm. You know, my main priority usually is uh, in the shoulders and that T-spine extension. So even right now, I'm just trying to be positionally aware of, of making sure my traps aren't overtaking me here and I'm not rounding my upper back seated position. So uh, I try to be mindful of those types of things. I work on shoulder mobility, but um, you know I don't do any like direct arm stretches. Uh, nor do I really feel like I need to though. Um, I've been very fortunate lately. I've been feeling awesome on the bench, and uh, nothing feels like over tight or anything like that. I'm not getting any discomforts or pain, and I'm handling a lot of weight. So um, I feel good. I feel good. So yeah, don't 
really implement any of that right now. But it's not a bad thing to do, especially if you uh, need to do it. You know, those off days and time in between training is the time you want to spend uh, working mobility, stretching, doing all that stuff. Uh, try not to do any static stretching either before training. Everything I do, I, I try to keep movement-based, a little bit more ballistic, stuff like that. Um, did a uh, Actually did a report in college at one point about how static stretching can have some detriments towards your strength training. Uh, usually more for prolonged periods of time, uh, above 30, 60 seconds, something like that. Under 30 seconds of a static stretch, it's not going to make or break your performance, um, but usually reserve that for off days. KMC Go Sheeking. Do you use bands in your back workouts? Um, so, yes, definitely in terms of back stability work. Um, that's primarily done with bands. So we're talking our seated band rows, talking the reverse band bench row, where you're laying down on the bench, a bar suspended in the rack via bands, and you're pulling it down to you. You can hold that for time, do that for reps. Um, so a lot of like those stabilizing movements, yeah, sure, we'll definitely utilize a lot of bands, but predominantly the back work that we're going to be doing is going to be free weight based or on machines uh, as opposed to bands um, and, you know, cable machines, things like that. So typically the bands are mostly reserved for uh, if you don't have access to a gym for training at home. So a lot of our athletes have had to do this past year. Many gyms are closing or getting locked down again. So a lot of training is going to be back or banded. Um, but typically all stability type movements that we do to see the band row, for example, that's a big one that I include with our athletes lying lat takeover or lying lat pullover hold all done with band tension. Taking any live questions, guys. And, and remember, biggest thing you can do to help out the podcast is just tell a friend, hey, Tuesdays, 12 p.m. Eastern time. All right, Coach Ben, going live on YouTube. Check it out. Check out the Benchcast and Spotify, any of that. All that helps. Just spread the word. Just spread the word. Tell one friend. It helps out the podcast a ton. We had a great question on the topic of back training the other day. It was from Matt. Can you do heavy back work on the same day as your bench training? And, yeah, you absolutely can. Um, in fact, we train back every session. Uh, I always try to have back movement in there every session. Heavy rows uh, in there quite often. Light variations for upper back, things like that. Um, so, yeah, we're training back pretty much all the time. Not just strictly on bench days or other days or their own days. Just training back all the time. Um, that's definitely an area where, you know, when, when I program for our athletes, one thing I tell them. So if we're, if we're going to more like a four-day schedule and they're used to training like every day, uh, I have no problem with you going in and doing some training, but keep it posterior chain, a lot of back work, glutes, hamstrings, all that stuff I don't think we can uh, train too much on. You know, we, can't, we can't train enough on those exercise, on those uh, body parts, back, hamstrings, glutes. I mean, we can attack those quite frequently, and um, I think they would have some really great results, and I think most people need to train back more often. Um, a key component here is knowing how to utilize your back 
with that strength. So it's not just gaining the back strength because if you're not utilizing your back properly, that's not going to help you. Okay, if you're utilizing your back properly and we do a bunch of back work, then you're going to see a big takeoff in your bench. But those two things have to happen together. All right. Um, I wrote an article on this called Big Back, uh, Big Back, Big Bench, and it's on Elite FTS and talks about um, some of my favorite movements to build back strength and then also to promote um, utilizing your back properly. So check that out. That's on Elite FTS. Uh, you can search my name, Nick Benarakis, uh, as an author, pop up, Big Benches, Big Back, Big Bench. Uh, simply put, that's the title. So uh, check that out. That was a great article that we did on that. Zoomer Doomer, thanks for joining in, my friend. What do you think of really slow negatives on the bench plus three-second pauses? Good for getting more out of less weight. So tempo work, pretty much uh, what we're talking about here. Um, you know, cadencing on the way down, whether that's three, five seconds, uh, eccentric, and then holding a pause. And, yeah, that's absolutely something that we utilize with our athletes. Um, you know, the nice thing about tempo work is you have to remain in control throughout the entire range of motion you know so many athletes will find especially when we're talking like squats and deadlifts too um that at some point in the range of motion it, it's tough for them to remain stable like there's always that weak area now with tempo work you are moving so slow through all this range of motion that you are forced to really be aware of the tightness you're creating uh, along the whole range of motion so tempo work is fantastic. Like you said, you're going to be able to get a lot more out of less weight, which is key, and that's why it'll be a staple in the off-season when we're trying to purposely work with less weight to deload our bodies. And that's typically where I'll have it in the programming. If we're going to do tempo work, that's going to be pretty early in a training cycle for sure. That's a great question there, my friend. Um, I'm Freak. My shoulder blades don't synchronize together while centric park of the bench press. Do you have suggestion to warm up shoulder blades in a better way other than band warm up? Um, so, I the the upper back warm that I just came out with that's helped me tremendously in my bench. You know, I was going from handling low seven hundreds most of the time and feeling like I was getting out of position to locking down really really well and being super stable. I had nine hundred pounds in my hands last week, so it, it, talking being confident with huge amounts of weight in my hand and I attribute this to the upper back warm that we developed uh, pretty much have been noting what works well uh, what was helping me a lot and then just piecing them all together as we want trying new new variants piecing all together the big bend holds uh, a lot of this all includes bands you know so um, that is a, a big component it's not stretching or anything that's movement based and uh, we have a video on YouTube, upper back warm-up, big benches, search that. That will be a uh, huge lifesaver, I think, for you, my friend. I think that will really help out with uh, the retraction of the shoulder blade and stuff like that. I really think you'll be able to get into these positions you want to get into. I'd also look at your setup. You know, one of the things, talking scap retraction, that I like to do is when we're in that bridged-up position, getting into our setup, push against the side rails of the bench press. If you have them available, the safeties or the uprights, pushing against something to actively gain that positioning. Because if you just passively try to pinch your shoulder blades together, you're only going to be able to uh, you know, reach a certain point. If you can actively jam your shoulder blades together, then we're going to get somewhere. You know, so that would be my recommendations to you. 
uh, Zoomer Doomer, thoughts on Matt Wenning? Uh, I don't know him personally. I love the content he puts out. Uh, but I guess that's as much as I can comment on that. I think, uh, you know, I, I love all the stuff that the content he puts out. I think he's a well-thought person, probably a great coach. And um, I'm sure you can learn a lot from him, uh, as with you know, a lot of people out there. And, uh, you know, can't really comment on him personally because I, I don't know him. never had the opportunity to meet him. So that's all about all I got to say about that. A sip of coffee to the working man. Got my Starbucks today. Tom Lindbergh. Thanks for joining, Tom. I bench people. I can bench 200 people at once. Well, that's pretty damn impressive. <laughs> what we got? Mike Frazier. Can I please get a lift off? Morning, Coach. Good morning, Mike. I wish I could give you a lift off, bud. Uh, poor Mike. He trains at uh, home alone. It, on his uh, on his bench unit, just got in the Texas Strength Systems bench, same one I got. Uh, so he's making do at home. I feel real bad for you, Mike. Um, anyone out in California, I think your gyms, um, at least in Mike's experience, have opened and closed like three separate occasions now. It has just been a giant up and down shit shoot. So you don't you know, one one minute the gym's open, now it's not. Now it's open, now it's not. So I feel for you, Mike. Keep grinding away, buddy. Uh, Zoomer Doomer, favorite power lifter. So I would have to say someone, you know, big bencher. Uh, Tiny Meeker is uh, definitely up there. Uh, Jimmy Cobb right now. Love watching his uh, his stuff. And I'm actually subscribed to his Patreon channel. I definitely recommend everyone go check out his Patreon channel. Um, a lot of, if you're into benching, a lot of great information there. And, you know, you can always gain a lot from uh, watching another guy uh, give his thoughts on the on the training and, and just seeing someone train and what they're doing and take away bits and pieces here and, and he, he's really great at um, putting out that content now and he's got a great podcast so I've been loving to see what he's doing and now he's out of the military he's put more time towards it and um, also a uh, big fan of Scott Mendelson love the videos he's putting out now too uh, so it would have to be someone at the big bencher yeah so I think that's a given. Uh, mind Freak Table, 900-pound bench press. You're a genetic freak. Well, the, the good genetics I do have, uh, I wouldn't say I'm genetically gifted in terms of gaining size or strength. That's for sure. always had to scrap for that. Um, but what I'm very genetically blessed, short arms. And I tell you, um, you know, if you had, I'm telling you, I don't think any of you, watching are going to beat me in the short arm category um it's uh it, they're pretty short so my limb length is very fine-tuned for the bench press uh have a big ass bench belly so that helps too um so that's that's really where my genetic gifts come in short arms and drink enough whiskey to gain a belly so there you have it that is the secret to the trade uh matt do you keep the weight on your accessory uh, you keep your set weight on accessory work the same week to week, or does it vary based on your bench work that day? Um, so we do like kind of a wave load progression. And um, in, in my training, um, I try to, I've been doing more like variations of exercises. So like I'm, on my back day, tomorrow I'm going to go into the gym, I'm going to do some back and tries. Um, not quite sure what I'm going to do. I think Friday uh, is going to be pretty 
high board heavy. Uh, we're going to do lockout work and stuff, which is actually more difficult than, than me doing a one board. It's actually harder for me to go off like a two board or one and a half than it is a one board. Uh, just because I'm not able to load the shirt as much. But, um, yeah, I probably won't hit his, the triceps as hard. I'll probably hit triceps. But, um, for example, I'll go in tomorrow and uh, I'll, I'll just do completely different back movements than I, than I have been doing. So that's kind of what I've been doing for my progression and my training lately. Um, for our athletes, we use a wave progression. So week one will be, you know, setting the tone, so to speak. Say we're doing like a 3 by 10 or something like that. Get familiar with the movement pattern and what weight you're going to lift. Next week, it goes to like a 4 by 8 or 4 by 6 So it's going to be, um, you know, more sets, but we're dropping the reps down. Therefore, hopefully we can get more weight on the bar. We would definitely expect week two to have the most weight on the bar that we can get. Um, after you're familiar with the movement, then week three, we're same scheme as week one maybe a three by ten or something like that um, we will definitely try to beat week one's weight that's the goal there with week three we're, we're not necessarily trying to beat the previous uh, week's weight but we're definitely trying to beat what we did in week one confidently and then week four is like that deload so it'd be like a two by 15 something like that be a higher rep i mean if you can use similar weight that you did week one that'd be ideal so it's all about progressing in that manner it's all, all wave loaded Uh, let's see rails what's up coach thanks for joining in bud mind freak coach do you believe in deload week does it really improve performance in terms of powerlifting or improving lifting process so i like deloads when applicable all right if it's not applicable to the power lifter in question then i don't think you necessarily need to deload um you have to have a good awareness of your training, though. Because what I find majority of the time, when an athlete says they don't need a deload, they actually do. Um, so you need to know. Because sometimes it's not always that you have to feel beaten down. Sometimes it's just good to um, almost think of it kind of like prehab. All right. Not getting to the point where you're feeling uncomfortable. Okay. Uh, I'll typically, for that reason, I'll deload about every four weeks or so. Um, I'll have a lighter variation and doesn't necessarily mean that you have to uh, deload and that you can't go heavy what I will do is use like a Titan Ram instead of my bench shirt and that will deload me in terms of total weight used about 25-30% my one rep max so that's how I'll deload um, I can still work up heavy it's still a heavy day it's still bring intensity to it it doesn't mean that I have to do just light work um, but I'm doing a variation or using a tool that's not going to allow me to use as much weight. And that just keeps your body healthy. Um, you know, if you're constantly loading yourself up with more and more weight every week, I mean, eventually that's going to come back to bite you. So it really depends on the person, your ability to recover. Um, so it, it, it's a highly individual thing. Zoomer Doomer, incline bench and standing press. Good for flat bench strength. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely like both those variations. I think incline bench is especially great for those who have trouble doing a, a standing overhead, whether it's limited mobility or whatever. Um, you know, I've been on record of saying how important overhead pressing can be uh, for your bench strength. So absolutely, I think both of those uh, variants are uh, pretty critical towards ultimately getting that flat bench up uh, works more your uh, upper body you can't get as much as like if you're getting a lot out of your setup 
obviously not going to get as much incline, definitely not standing. Um, and it's going to target in a lot more chest development, shoulders, things like that. Close grip incline is a great one. Tricep strength. Uh, T. Kyleen, where are strong bench pressers who recommend that you bench press five times a week? What do you think? I can only do it twice a week. Um, there are strong, so he's saying there's uh, people that recommend five times a week. I that's a lot. That's a lot of frequency. Even our bench only athletes, I'll have them at tops, like doing benching three times a week. And one of those is a recovery based workout, so it's not much benching. Um, yeah, that five five days a week's a lot to bench. Uh, I don't think you. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Depends how you're waving your intensity. Obviously, if you're gonna bench five times a week, you're not going heavy every session. That's not gonna happen. I'll tell you that right now. So, um, obviously, there's going to be you know some progression to that. Maybe one day is like a bamboo bar or something like that. You could definitely get away with benching five times a week, especially if you're bench only. Um, I don't see how that would apply well to a full power. Uh, powerlifter but um definitely think it's not out of the question i just would usually never steer towards that um sometimes you know, I, I have bumped up frequency especially for uh, uh lifters with not as much experience typically younger uh have better recovery capabilities and just need more practice aren't handling heavy weight right now as current and um just need more you know, time under the bar and that's usually where i'll use more like that high frequency stuff but if i was working with high schoolers i wouldn't be afraid to have them you know bench very often um, do other movements very often you know I, I don't think it would be a bad thing to necessarily come into a session squat bench and you know squat bench later in the week too um it's really just kind of getting time under the bar obviously probably not going to go heavy every session but you know time under the bar learning that groove that pattern Zoomer Doomer, thoughts on dips and push-up variations for the bench press. Um, so dips, I'm, I don't personally do much dips. Uh, I do bench dips with like your arms behind you. I don't do much like power tower dips. Um, I just never really been a fan. It's very easy to kind of get to your pack and get, get into a stretched range of motion here. In which if you lose that tension, it's hard to kind of get your back tight. But if you lose that tension, you know, I've seen videos of a lot of pair uh, uh pec tears and you know it always freaks me out so i just steer clear of them um nothing wrong with them definitely nothing wrong with them i think it's a great way to build up your your dips um your tricep strength but you know it's a risk versus reward thing i think it could be a, it's a more riskier variation especially if you load it up with chains or weight um so i just kind of stay clear of that i think i get plenty of tricep work in from from uh you know small movements tricep push down stuff like that uh and push-ups i don't do much push-ups um, to be honest with you, I think they have their place, but you know the thing with a push-up is you're not going to be able to overload it enough to get a significant stimulus to help your bench press. You know if you're just starting out and your bench press isn't that strong already, then you know push-ups is a great way to kind of build that upper body volume. I remember start I was playing football. This was like middle school, and uh, you know I didn't do too much lifting at the time. I got into the basement every now and then, did some lifting, but it wasn't until after that. I uh, remember initially in practices, just push-ups all the time, and I was sore from it, and gained actually a lot of size, got pretty big doing um, doing push-ups, and you know, feel the strength, could see the size, you know, that, that was early on, you know, that, that was like middle school, and that was, um, you know, my first stimulus into kind of doing any kind of lifting, uh, so got very big significant benefits from it, but 
if you're benching 300, 400, 500 pounds, how much is a push-up going to help you? You know, you can accumulate a lot of push-ups throughout the day, but that's going to be more muscular endurance. You know, unless someone was going to load up a shit ton of plates or sit on your back, you know, you're just not going to get a significant stimulus from push-ups. So that's kind of my thought on that. Um, I don't think they're necessary. I think they're a great way, um, you know, to build that muscular endurance, which will help in the bench press, certainly, because you're able to you have a better work capacity. You're able to recover from the work that you're doing a little more efficiently. So that's where it helps there. Uh, Alan Roy. Hi, Benny. I've implemented a lot of floor pressing for over a year now after researching and coming across one of your videos. My bench has really gone up as a result, and I'm 60 years old. That's awesome, Alan. Um, I'm really glad that that floor press video helped you out. Um, great, great movement, and especially, too, when you get a little bit older, um, you know, when you, maybe you can't go full range as much, right? You're using some of those partial range stuff, floor presses, board presses, stuff like that. It allows you to train uh, efficiently without risking injury going full range. So, uh, deals. Sip of coffee to the Illuminati. I'm not familiar with all those uh, all those groups, but a hey, sip of coffee to the working man out there. Alrighty. Uh, I know Louis Simmons liked push-ups, Adil says, uh, although he would have his guys do failure sets with 100 pounds or more on their back. Yeah, so that, that might give you a uh, significant enough stimulus, and that would be a good accessory-based movement. You think of what we do with accessories, a lot of higher reps and stuff like that, but you know, if you, you can pound out 60 push-ups in a, in a sitting um, without problem, you know, then unless you weight it, you're not getting much out of it. Uh, Geo Power 50, Coach, after a raw bench session of work sets 3x5, what would your accessories be for a good, solid, typical workout? Example, adding in back, arm, shoulders, uh, accessories. Thank you. Uh, so, that it, it, again, it depends on the person, but typically we're going to look to attack triceps and back, so it's, or back and then triceps. So I'm always going to try to finish out some bench work with back movement. That goes for our quick lifters, our raw work, or our raw lifters. We're always going to have back work in after the bench. Um, then it's typically going to be triceps, especially for equipped lifters. We're going to really hammer triceps. It's going to be a lot of back and triceps. And that goes for our raw lifters too because that's really the primary things that are engaged when you're bench pressing. You know, if we're, we're in a good setup, we're utilizing our back effectively, it's not as much the chest and shoulders. Um, I will prioritize more that shoulder development for our raw lifters because I do think that comes into play a lot more. For example, uh, most this year, my shoulder has been uh, pretty messed up, my left shoulder. Uh, come around now, feel good. And, um, you know, I had to stay clear of any raw benching because it, it really hurt that loading. And, um, you know, I could bench in the Titan Ram, I could bench in the shirt very effectively, handle pretty heavy weight and not have a problem. So. It, it, you're not going to utilize your shoulder quite as much um, with equipped benching. It's a lot of back and triceps. You need the strength there. Same with raw, but obviously shoulders are going to come into play a lot more. Same with chest, too. really depends on what kind of grip you use and range of motion, stuff like that. But um, I would usually like to try to get two back movements in, and accessories, or two tricep movements, one shoulder for a raw lifter, something like that. Uh, deals training. How much push-ups did you do? And... What was your initial bench when you started? Um, how much push-up did you do? Uh, so I don't, I don't really know right now, um, to be honest with you. I haven't done like a max push-ups in like a couple of years, uh, in which I got, I think I got in the 60s. 
So uh, I don't really know what I could get now. Probably not that, but who knows? It was a challenge back then. Um, we, we had a little battle going on, so I'm sure that would push me a little bit more than I push myself just doing them now. Um, so in the bench press, when I first started, man, I remember I couldn't even. So we're talking when I first started, not just like trying to start powerlifting. When I first started, um, I would lift in the basement with my dad, and um, I, you know, he wouldn't even let me use the bar because you know, big movement, you have to have coordination for it. He started me out with dumbbells. I just thought it was a smart thing back then. Um, I was only handling like 10, 15 pound dumbbells, and they were going all over the place. It's like any classic, you know, middle school kid that comes in training for the first time. Right, the dumbbells are flying all over the place because you're learning how to actually coordinate the movement. So I have these 10-pound dumbbells flying all over the place, trying not to conk myself in the head. I remember all that. And then um, I remember working with an empty bar, and shit's swinging around on me. It's it's a freaking disaster. Um, to the point where I remember finally building up to that first plate bench, and that was a huge thing. You know, you tell your friends, hey, I bench a plate, you know, and then uh, I remember struggling to get the two-plate bench. So I remember all those milestones. I mean, I really started from the ground up in terms of I was struggling with an empty bar no no joke and um I remember all that and it wasn't like I just started in high school and, and was immediately benching 225 or 300 you know I've had to work up from the from the bottom and um you know I've never made monster increases or started off in a uh you know big scenario where I'm like this huge call it you know, huge uh, high school kid benching like 300 pounds that was never the case um, you know, I really had to kind of scrap for everything. And, um, you know, just it's a, it's a lot of time under the bar, you know, being almost 30 now. Started very young, you know. Uh, do you, uh, Mind Freak, do you happen to feel sharp pain in upper back when you tighten up for heavy lifting setup? Um, no, I don't feel any sharp pains. That would probably uh, be a cause for concern. Uh, I'd feel very uncomfortable I guess would be the right word. I mean, it's very uncomfortable. Uh, it doesn't feel good. I'm squeezing hard as possible, you know, but I wouldn't say there's a sharp pain. Uh, but who, who knows what's going on with that? I would get that checked out. Uh, only sharp pain I get right now is kind of that sciatic pain when I when I set up to bench. Um, just having my legs down in that position, my left, I'm on my lower back. Uh, haven't been done doing much uh, squats and deadlifts lately, so that's been helping. But being in that arch position, that lower back when that gets crunched up just this monster pain coming down my left leg trying to get up off the bench or finishing up a really really heavy set where i'm trying to drive into that position as much as possible i mean it's slow to get up off the bench and it's just a shoot and nasty pain right through my left leg but it is what it is you know if you get the bench it don't matter um so yeah no, nothing with the upper back like that uh mind freak deep deadlift uh yeah i do do full power last full power meet i did was Last year, had an 800 squat, had um, 785 bench, and I had a, a real shitty 545 deadlift. Only got my opener. Uh, it was a 2,120-pound total. Um, so that was my last raw meet. I was planning to do a, um, or I'm sorry, my last uh, full power meet. And I was planning to do a full power meet in three weeks. Ended up getting canceled. Um, you know, I was going to transition over to doing it bench only. But, um, you know, end up getting canceled, so it is what it is. Uh, ideals training, I want my back to be so big, no one ever has to watch it for me. Uh, yeah, so, you know, keep, keep plugging away. You know, big back is never a weakness. 
And the deal said, oh, no, I meant when you were younger and did push-ups only and built up your chest. Uh, oh, so when I started with push-ups? Oh, man, I mean, it would have been hard to get, like, five. Um, Sean Clark, I'm super close to a two-plate bench that I'm attempting next week. How should I build up and prepare for it? Last week I hit 215 for two. Um, so if you're working up to the 225, my friend, I would just have really aggressive singles on your plate for warm-ups. Uh, and I would get enough warm-ups in. I wouldn't just take, especially if you're going for 225, I wouldn't just take quarter jumps up. I would take um, probably the bar. Honestly, I would do like a 10-5. I would do a quarter five. I would do a plate. I would do uh, a plate 10-5. That would be 165. I'd do a plate quarter five, 195. Maybe do 210, somewhere in between. So you're getting six, seven or so warm-ups in between uh, before you even go for that 225. That's how I would play it. You need that warm-up time. Um, treat it as if you were trying to work up to a 500-pound bench. You know, there's going to be a significant amount of warm-ups during that, that period of time. So take your time with the warm-ups. And, and don't don't feel like you can't load up like a 10-5 for your second warm-up, something like that. And always start with the empty bar. I always say you got to earn your way to, to add the weight to the bar. And it starts with an empty bar. You know, bring that intensity to an empty bar. Everyone starts at an empty bar no matter how strong you are. Um, John Sanders, recovering from labrum tear, no surgery. I'm currently benching 375 in an Inzer SD Black HD Blast shirt. Do you think I could hit 405 in a double ply Inzer Rajex by my 50th birthday next November? I don't see why not, my friend. Um, you know, I, I know it, it sounds like you've been kicking ass, and um, I don't think you will have trouble doing that. I think uh, you could definitely make that happen. Uh, just got to put in the work required to make it happen. But I'm very confident that you will be hitting that 405. And reach out to me. We got a 400-pound club shirt. Actually, I've had to, um, we've had some issues with, um, I think, the material that, that that's printed on. So I have to double-check on that because I don't think it's available right now in our store. The club shirts, um, it's 100 pounds. So I have to uh, check on that. But definitely check out BigBenches.com, guys, for your apparel needs. We got some cool shirts there. Um, some jackets, hoodies for the for the fall winter. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff there. We got backpacks, towels, sweat towels. Don't need as much now. I mean, maybe if you're in Florida, but uh, not using the sweat towels much now. Um, but cool backpacks, stuff like that. So check out bigbenches.com. Apparel, equipment, sleeves, wraps, all that. We got the best wraps, guys. We got the best wraps. Tony Carlino just went down. He attempted. I think he almost got his opener nine nine something. And um, I rush shipped his wraps out. He, he messaged me. He was like, hey, can you get wraps to me by tomorrow? Um, we did the priority shipping. It was a holiday the next day, but he was able to pick them up the day after. And, and he had his meet on the weekend. You know, Tony loves our wraps. Um, does very well. I mean, he's a fantastic bencher. He's going to be pushing 1,000 pounds in no time. Uh, so we have best wraps in the game, guys. Go check them out. Uh, Jill Power, thanks, Coach. Still holding on for future big benches, New England area seminar. Uh, we've definitely been up there, my friend. So hopefully, uh, come your way soon. I um, grew up in Western Mass, so that's uh, that's my home area. Sean Clark, thanks, man. I'll get rid of my bar to one plate jump, and then I knew that might be a bit aggressive. Yeah, so especially if you're pushing for a two twenty five bench, don't take that type of a jump. Take your time with the warm ups. I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, if you're not benching 
250 plus yet. And a lot of lifters just get caught up in taking the quarter jumps or the plate jumps like that. And, you know, you're into your working set or your top attempt, you know, three you know, sets in. Um, and that's just too early. You need time to warm up into the setup and you know, get that nervous system primed up. And uh, that'll help you out a lot. Uh, coach, that's on, on belt or no belt for raw bench. Thank you. So uh, I'd say wear the belt. I think it's a great tool to uh, focus on your brace. You can feel the belt there. You can compress against it. But um, I'd say if the belt in any way affects your ability to set up and create that arch, I would take it off right away because I don't think the benefits are there that outweigh the positioning. Positioning is number one. Having slightly better breathing bracing maybe would um, definitely be secondary. So a belt if it does not affect your position. Mind Freak, uh, how to train a week before bench press competition? Do you prefer lightweight, high reps? How should I know my perfect opening weight? So uh, openers, usually with our team, we'll determine openers about at least four weeks out, four or five weeks out. So we're going to know probably what we're going to open with at that time. We're going to have time to practice that about maybe three weeks. We're going to be hitting openers, whether it's in the progression of the warm-ups or it's just that session we're trying to hit openers. Um, so we'll have time to practice openers, plenty of time. Uh, so that's usually determined a bit earlier than the week out. Now, uh, for the week out of the meet, what I'll do with our athletes is very simple. If you're an equipment lifter, you're just doing your raw warm-ups before you throw the shirt on. So it's really not going to be anything significant whatsoever. Um, just taking a lot of uh, slow progressions, raw warm-ups. So, like, I'd go up to 315. I'd just work slow progressions up. That's what I would do. And then we just pump up the lats and the triceps. So the lat pull-downs 2 by 20 tricep push-down 2 by 20 and that's pretty standard of what we'll do the week of the meet. Uh, it's really not much work at all. All the work has been done about three weeks out, and then it's just kind of fine-tuning things going into the meet. Allow that rest and recovery. All right, guys. Drop some cues if you got them. Sip of coffee to the working man. All right, we're live on YouTube every Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern time, guys. Tune in to our YouTube channel, Big Benches. We've been growing pretty good on YouTube. Um, happy about that. You know, we've been seeing some promising stuff on YouTube. Continue to, to grow, and the pace we're growing constantly is growing. So um, it's good to see the channel growing. You know, we put a lot of time and effort into uh, what we put up there. If you guys ever want to see anything in specific, you know, our membership plan, we just started doing training recaps, and I, I post a weekly workout. Um, and you get access to all kinds of cool stuff, like all our program templates and things. So I've uh, been super pumped about building up our membership plan right now. It's hosted on a different site, so all that's all there, accessible for you and um yeah, that that's been that's been great building that up. But it's great seeing the YouTube uh, continue to grow and constantly trying to think of what I can throw in there. Um, I think I'm going to start posting our topic episodes of uh, the Benchcast. You know, putting up some some B-roll film just of us doing training and just overlay the podcast, just so you guys have an outlet too. That other than just the podcast, if you guys want to sit down and watch the podcast, you know, maybe do a split screen type of thing, whatever. Um, something idea I'm playing around with, but you guys have any ideas of things you'd like to see on YouTube? You know, maybe a um, critique video, get a bunch of videos in, do critiques or whatever. I'm open to suggestions.
Mind Freak, you're the best coach. I appreciate it, bud. Uh, deals train, no question. I love you. Um, love you too, buddy. I appreciate that support. It means a lot. Uh, Matt does yelling, lightweight baby, like Ronnie Coleman, really make the weight lighter. Um, I think it is. I think it makes a, uh, I think it, it lowers the load by about 15%. It depends on how deep you can get your voice when you say lightweight, baby. Uh, so, I, I definitely think that helps. A deals train and he likes that. Uh, does that make the weight heavier? That could make the weight heavier if you're trying to talk instead of breathing brace. <laughs> Sip of coffee to the working man. Some Starbucks cup, holiday cups are out now. You know, it's just... I think they're trying to uh, stay pretty neutral, not upset anyone. It's pretty much a red cup with some green swirls through it. You know, we used to at least get snowflakes, but I guess that might have upset someone. Probably the same people that are upset that the Washington Redskins had to change to the Washington football team. Now, that's a little ridiculous if you ask me. I think the... I think the Redskin term is, uh, it was supposed to be to honor uh, that tribe. Um, so, I never understood that. But, you know, I think they made the, the Washington football team just to kind of stick it to them. Um, uh, Mod Haas, great question, my friend. How do you get over the fear of heavyweight close to one rep max? Um, you know, I would tell you just, if you're not confident, fake that confidence. Uh, just zone in on the task at hand. Try not to think too much. I think lifters get caught up a lot. I know they do on you know what they're doing when they're going for heavyweight like that. Um, you just kind of gotta empty your mind and fake confidence. You know, because eventually it's gonna turn into real confidence. Like when I get under the bar, you know, something I always try to tell myself is we're gonna let this rip, send it. Um, you know, whatever happens, happens essentially. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to take this for a ride. It's going to be fun. Safety bars are up, so I'm not nervous about it. You know, let's see what happens. And, um, you know, even if you're nervous, you're a nervous wreck, channel that into good energy. Um, fake confidence. Pretend that you're confident. Pretend that you're going to crush it. And then eventually it'll just start happening. You know, it's been a big hurdle for me. I, I lost like 30 pounds earlier in the year. Bench was impacted significantly, obviously. Um, was kind of hitting around the low 700s. And then there was a period of time after my last meet where I was like, wow, I'm hitting these weights pretty good, feeling pretty good. I just never pushed myself because I was used to just being in that in that bubble of the low 700. And then it isn't until recently. And, like, I, I was just going to work up to maybe a little over 800-something last session. I threw 900 pounds on the bar. You know, and a lot of it is that mental just i can't handle this weight i haven't ever really handled 900 straight weight ever you say hey, throw it on i can handle this weight you know fake the confidence if you don't have it and um you know i was really confident going to that lift the 850 was smoked so you know it's really just having the confidence in yourself not getting tripped up on numbers and if you're not confident fake the confidence any questions coming in youtube before we close the show down, um, we've been uh, trying to take some clips of the podcast lately on the Bench Talk Live. We've been posting it up on 
our Instagram. Um, trying to make some posts out of it and uh, you know share, share some stuff on our story as well. Ideals training dips. So I covered dips a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, my thought on that is not something I typically perform on like a power station. I'll do bench dips time to time. Uh, I just think it's kind of a high risk versus reward type movement. Uh, I do think there's a lot of value in it, but it's just something I usually stay clear of. Last question, coach, going for a one rep max, one rep max once a week or once a month. Uh, so depends what variation. I wouldn't go for a one rep max, just straight weight, comp grip, comp setup, all the time like that. Once a month, yeah, you know, that's kind of what we've been doing with our athletes on, on like a conjugate style system here is we'll, we'll test like at the end of the month and see what's helping our bench get up. But um, for the most part, it's all working up heavy in variations where we're doing more reps, we're changing our grips or adding in boards or doing dead press or doing something different um, instead of just benching all the time. So we're trying to key in on movements that are going to help our weak points, long pause benching, stuff like that. Um, but it's not going to be work up to a max every week type scenario in terms of a one rep max straight weight comp setup and all that. Uh, we can work up to a, like a three rep max on something, can work up to a one rep max close grip bench, you know, we'll do that kind of stuff. All right, guys, we're bringing in some more questions. We'll take a few more before we close down the show. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Remember, we just tell a friend. Tuesdays, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, Bench Talk Live. Also, check out the Benchcast on Spotify if you haven't. Uh, give us a subscribe. Check out some of the episodes. we got a great one coming out this Thursday. Just uh, recorded it just before this. And uh, I think it's going to be a great, great episode. I'm super excited for it. It's, something, it's a simple tip, titled Simple Tip, that is going to um, help you bench bigger weight. You know, it's really, it's a simple thing regarding the takeout, you know, I talked about, and you know, if you, it's a common mistake I see with many lifters, but if you're able to uh, handle this and overcome this facet of training, then boy, is your, your lift's going to climb up. So definitely check out that Thursday topic episode that we got coming up, uh, the Benchcast on Spotify. All right, guys, so we don't have any more questions coming in. I'll leave you with a sip of coffee for the working man out there, working man and women. All right, this is Ben. Bench Talk Live. I really appreciate everyone that tuned in. And uh, look forward to seeing everyone next week, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday, live on YouTube. You can drop your questions as well uh, Monday on our IG stories. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Bench Cast.